Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. Uh, Thank you for listening today at the Busy Mom Podcast. I wanted to let you know that the next three episodes of the podcast are going to be dealing with the topic of abortion. Uh, A dear friend of mine has offered to come and share her experience of having an abortion with you. And so the topic that we're talking about uh, is a tender topic. And so those of you who are listening with children, uh, this may not be the series for you to be listening, you know, uh, while we're uh, while you're hanging out in the car with your kids, or maybe how you normally do. Also, wanted to let you know that uh, my friend Pam actually came to me, and this has been something we've been praying about doing for a long time. And so, you're going to hear some emotion in our voices, and certainly in uh, in Pam's voice as she shares her experience. And the reason we decided to record the podcast is simply because we want you to hear. Uh, the very real cost of disobeying God when it comes to not honoring the lives of the unborn. And this is something that we struggle with in this uh, in the culture, and certainly people talk about it. And so uh, I want to just give you a window, and actually uh, Pam is the one who's doing that, is going to give you a, a little bit of a window into the heart of a woman who has gone through an abortion and lived to uh, regret it. She has also experienced the healing that comes from the Lord, and uh, she's a dear friend of mine. So I hope that you'll listen with uh, a, a heart that is attuned to the Lord today and that uh, Pam's story will encourage and bless you. All right. Many of you heard me last week ranting and raving about a blog post that I saw from a woman who uh, who writes from a well, she says she writes from a Christian perspective, and she was basically giving a defense for why she's voting this year for a pro-choice candidate. And I told you before that the thing that that, that struck me the most, I understand that there are going to be some Christians that vote for Hillary Clinton. And while I may not understand that, I can uh, I can respect a person's right to do that, except for the case of... Uh, saying that the unborn don't matter. And in this particular case, this this blogger uh, said in her uh, defense, her reasoning for voting for a pro-choice candidate, she suggested that voting for a pro-choice candidate in this election or any election should not overburden your conscience. And she went on to say, here's why, in the eight years since we've had a pro-choice president, the abortion rate in the United States has dropped to its lowest since 1973. And so her, because of her strong dislike of the other candidates, she's trying to basically say that Christians need not overburden their conscience with regard to abortion. You guys have heard me talk about this many times on the podcast. I've written about it uh, extensively over at the blog. And today I am really encouraged and blessed, and I know that you will be too, because a friend of mine who I love very much has agreed to come on 
the Busy Mom podcast and just share her story and her testimony. This is uh, this is an important thing for me because I think, and I told this to Pam before she came on, I think Pam's going to be able to give a voice to this discussion that I can't give. I can, you know, I can give my opinion and I can say uh, what I what I know that God's word says, but it's really important for us to have this conversation, I think, as women and be able to be honest about it. Because one of the things that this, what this, one of the things that this blogger failed to mention in her blog post is the pain that abortion inflicts, not not just the death of the infant, but the pain that it inflicts on the mother. And I think that's something that we don't like to talk about as believers. And so I've invited uh, my friend Pam to come on the show with me. Pam, hey. Hi. It's nice to see you sitting across the table from me. It's nice to see you too. Thanks for coming over. Uh, Pam goes to church with us, right in the little in the little community of of Camas, Washington. We all sort of hang out over there. Our daughter and her and a son in law work on staff. And your husband Terry is a very gifted guitar player, and so he's been hanging out with my husband. So we've known each other for several a while, years, for yeah. several years, yes. And it's just uh, it's been encouraging to, as I've gotten to know you, just to see what God's doing in your life. And I really appreciated uh, you coming to me and offering to uh, to talk about this. So I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Well, I'm happy to be here. So let I want to just introduce you to our listeners a little bit, so they kind of get a feel for for who you are and where you grew up. And um, and I guess I want to start just by asking you, if you grew up, like, if, would you consider you grew up in a Christian home? Where What sort of uh, background did you come from? I'm a local girl. I grew up in, in a small town and... Um, had what I always referred to as a leave it to beaver life. Um, my parents were married here in the town that I live in, and we had, um, I have an older sister, a younger brother. We had both sides of the family very close, lots of family gatherings. Um, Christmas was magical. We were just a happy family. Um, mm. So many memories of my mother and that that all changed though and i was just just two weeks out from my seventh birthday my mother had a cerebral brain hemorrhage or an aneurysm and she she died very suddenly leaving my father a widow at the age of 32 wow and um from that time on in my life things were different um we'd always gone to church my mother was a christian and my dad not so much, but he respected her, and so we all went to church, went to a little Methodist church in Vancouver. Um, so I started going before I was born and, you know, continued going because that was something that was important to my mother, so my dad made sure that we all went to church. So your mom didn't um, have any signs of being sick or anything? She just one day had an no, aneurysm? She had, and she had some headaches, and it just, it was very sudden. She was 30 years old. Wow. And, um, so that that has affected me my entire life and always will. Um, so uh, my dad met someone and got married about a year after my mother died, and it was a very traumatic experience for us because it wasn't a very good relationship, and she was she didn't really want the kids; she wanted him. So, long story short, uh, when he found out the trauma that we were going through, he, we left. And so he took us out of there. And then a few years later, he met my, my stepmother. They were married for 30 some years before she passed away. And she, we became the Brady Bunch because she had three kids. She was a widow. And so there was six of us all together, all the same ages and oh, fun. Um, lots of family memories, but I was a very angry teenager and, you know, 
because of the things that I had gone through, losing my mother, um, a very bad marriage where I was um, abused physically and emotionally. And then going into this new marriage, my stepmother was wonderful. I have nothing to say but good things about her, and she put up with me and still loved me. She was also a Christian um, and forgave me for being such a brat, and I was. I was terrible. I was just an awful teenager. You're and trying your best to make her the <laughs> wicked stepmother. <laughs> she was not. She was great. <laughs> and um, anyway, so that's basically my life. I had a fun, fun teenage years. I had lots of friends that I'm still friends with, and we did a lot of fun things. Um, I had a steady boyfriend all the way through school. We got engaged my senior year, and I was actually a virgin. You know, we were planning on getting married in, in June, and then all of a sudden he changed his mind and broke up with me. That, I think, was the beginning of of a real change in me because I I was very angry at him, and I was going to show him how angry I was. I started running around with a crowd that was into partying, and so I just changed, and I started smoking and drinking and hanging out with kids that were doing drugs and um, this. But I thought I was having a lot of fun. You know, it was a fun time for me, I thought. Isn't it amazing um, as, as teenagers what we do that we look yeah. back on and we were like, eh. yeah. So it was during this time that I met, met this guy and I ended up getting pregnant. And he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And how old were you at the I time? I was 20. So this was 1974, so it would have been just, I think, just a year after Roe v. Wade. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't really know much about abortion. I was really a pretty naive kid. I really didn't understand anything. And so my first thought when I, when I found myself pregnant, I thought, well, I'm going to keep the baby. I just thought mm -hmm. that's what I was going to do. And I talked to my dad about it. My dad was not happy, and and I had a really good relationship with my father. I called him Daddy from forever. Um, love him to pieces, but he he didn't think it was the right thing for me to do. But I, you know, I argued with him about it. That yeah, I'm going to go ahead and keep the baby. My sister, she came to my house one night. I lived alone in a little duplex, and she came over one night and just started telling me how selfish I was and for wanting to to bring a baby into the world where I couldn't take care of it and so so how far when this so when your sister comes over how far along I was did you know how far along you were I was so stupid that I didn't even understand that I was pregnant you know what I can totally relate to um, that I think <clears throat> a lot of women are like that in their first pregnancy I had for morning sure. sickness yeah. but I didn't know what it was yeah. I just thought I had the flu and this went on for you know <laughs> several weeks and I thought yeah. something's not right so I went to the doctor and that's where I found out I was pregnant yeah. so when my sister came over I think I was probably about two and a half months maybe maybe a little bit I might have been three because I know when I decided to get the abortion they told me I was too far along to get a regular you know DNC or whatever mm -hmm. they call those mm -hmm. um, that I was going to have to go into the hospital and have what they called a saline abortion. I didn't understand what that meant. But um, when I finally made the, well, I guess there was several, several things that happened. 
one was my family was not supportive. The other thing was I just felt alone. I didn't feel like I had a couple of friends that that were okay and supportive about me keeping the baby, but for the most part, I just felt lonely and the father wasn't involved. And so I just. And do you think that's a common feeling? I think when of the women that I know that have gone through abortion, this is some, this is sort of a narrative that I hear over and over again. They feel alone. Mm-hmm. They feel uh, overwhelmed. Like, what am I going to do? And if I don't have the support of my family or if the people around me aren't going to support me, then how am I going to take care of a baby? Right. And you start to you start to feel that you know that condemnation, that that yes. stress that comes from. No, it. I think that's really common. I think the loneliness factor. I I don't know if it's so true today. I think because it's so much more accepted to have a child. Yeah. Um, in those days, it wasn't. And and I have to be really honest um, because this is something that I'm sure other women went through too. Is that when people brought up adoption, I couldn't bring myself to give up my baby. Yeah. And so out of selfishness, I, and, and the other thing is, as I got closer to the date where I was going into the hospital to have this procedure done, the abortion, um, I had a couple of events that happened that, you know, God gave me opportunities to change my mind. I didn't take them. One of them was that my dad and my sister both came to me and said, you know, if this is what you want to do, we'll support you. And I thought at that point I'd already made up my mind. And so I said, no, I'm just going to go through with it. Um, the second thing was a, a coworker um, at my in my office, <clears throat> and I still don't know who it was, but left an article on my desk and it was about abortion and and what it was you know what it was about and i didn't even read it i threw it in the garbage mm. and the third thing that happened um i'm my brother was supposed to take me to the hospital he overslept and i had to i tried calling him and he didn't answer he lived in an apartment that was not too far from me and i drove over there and woke him up and he took me and then the very last thing that happened was they didn't have a room for me at the hospital and that they got me all ready and put me in a gurney and I stayed out in the hallway for, I don't know, probably two hours. And the, so those four things happened. Mm-hmm. The guy gave me chances to change my mind yeah. and I didn't do it. You know, I, um, I think and it's important to, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this podcast up right here, and we'll pick it up in the next one. But I think it's important because I know that there are women who are listening to this right now who've been exactly where you have been, and they're listening and they're feeling the pain that you know the the memories as they fled back, or they remember a decision or a chance that God gave them. And I want to remind the women who are listening. And Pam, you and I have had this conversation before that the Bible says in Romans, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that 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 we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And sin hurts us. And this is a this is a painful example of the kind of hurt that sin inflicts, but it doesn't change the forgiveness of the Lord and it doesn't change his love for us. And so for the women who are listening to this today, and this is you, if this is striking an, a, a, a nerve or a cord or or a tugging on a heartstring that maybe you haven't had tugged on in a while. I just want to remind you that God sees you and he forgives you. That's why Jesus came into the world. 
uh, was to forgive us. So I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up today. I want to end with a verse like I always do. And then we're going to pick it up again, because uh, we're going to spend a couple of of the next, um, the next couple of podcasts talking about this, because I, what I really want to do is obviously we're going to, we're touching on why abortion is such a painful thing, but I really want to talk about the healing um, that comes uh, when we surrender our lives to God. Someone asked me the other day, how did I know uh, that God cares about the unborn? And over and over in his word, God talks about how he he plans for us. He knows us. I think um, Pam's story is really important. Just when you hear the Lord speaking to you, we need, you know, we, we, as I think as women, we struggle sometimes to do the right thing. I know I've done that, you know, um, in my life many times, but we're, our call really is to just know who God is and know that he loves us from the moment of conception. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know it full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place, and when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I feel like the the thing that's important to know here is that God knows the days that have been ordained even for the unborn child, and that those children are with the Lord. I really believe that. And so I want to end it here today. Just thank you guys for listening. If you know anyone who uh, is struggling with this issue um, and would be encouraged by this podcast, please share it with them. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it on iTunes. You can uh, tweet it out. And uh, if you've got any questions or any uh, comments that you'd like to leave for the podcast, please do that by emailing uh, podcast at thebusymom.com. We'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.